Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning, Celebrate. It is so awesome to be here with you guys today. Listen, we are so grateful that we get to open up God's Word with you today. I'm Tim, this is Reed, and we are so thankful to Pastor Keith that we get the opportunity to dive in here. If you want to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I have to say, I love Pastor Tim. He is tall, slender, dark hair, good looking, weird sense of humor. Has a gorgeous wife, son, and a younger daughter, and he loves God with everything he has. You know, I love Pastor Reed because he's tall, he's slender, dark-haired, incredibly good-looking, has a weird sense of humor, you know, has a gorgeous wife, has a son and a younger daughter, and he loves God with everything he has. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate that. I'm going to encourage you next weekend, make sure you join us. Pastor Keith will be here, and he's going to be talking about vision. Over the last weeks and last months, we've been talking about what it means to be the church, us individually, being Jesus wherever we are. But next week, Pastor Keith's going to look at what it does it mean corporately for us together. So come and join us. Now, if you are new to Celebrate Today, first of all, welcome. We have been in a series called Marked. And here's the reality. Every one of us is marked by something or someone. Maybe abuse marked you. Maybe a broken relationship or divorce marked you. Maybe failure marked you. Maybe addiction has marked you. But we want you to know that God has marked you. From the very beginning of time, when he created everything of all the universe, everything that we see, the galaxies and everything else, that he pauses, takes a breath and says, now I'm going to make my best creation. I'm going to make someone just like me. And he created you. And he created you for impact impact in the world. So what does that look like? And so today, if your Bible, 2 Corinthians 2, we're going to look at two verses in here to understand what does this mean for us. Now, I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. I'm going to ask actually if you would join along so it'll be on the screen as well. So if you would join me, let's say it together. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for your word. Dear God, I pray that today would you open your word to us and would you help us understand what it means to be like you. We're made in your image, but what does that mean? God, what does it mean to be a sweet perfume, a fragrance rising up in a world that so desperately needs it? So God, would you teach us today and we'll apply it and let's see lives be changed. And all God's people said? We want to break down this verse with you. So let's start with those first three words. Say those with me. But thank God. Say that with me. But thank God. You know, a lot of things in our life that we think end wrong actually begin wrong. A lot of the things that we think end wrong in life are actually beginning wrong from the beginning. Think about this for a second. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. 
If we're going to be truly marked by him, then the key is how we start things. Start by thanking God. See, so many people around us, they don't start by that. They start by what they lack. They start from a place of looking at the things that are wrong in the world. They start from a place of looking at everything that they don't have or the things that have been taken from them. But as people of God, we're called to start with gratitude. Start by thanking God. I want to ask you, how many of you were thankful this week? Anybody? How many of you were thankful for the heat this week? Like, like I'm talking about, you know, like, like the, the heat of your shower, the heat that was in your car, the heat that was in your house, the hot food that was on your table. Start by thanking God. There's so many things in our life that we can call wrong, but thank God. And then he comes right behind it and he says, but thank God he has made us his captives. Now, I don't know about you, but that, those two sentences do not seem to fit together for me back to back. But thank God he has made us his captives. I don't know about you, but I don't be thankful if, if I'm a captive. See, here's the reality. If you're captured, you're a captive. If you're captured, the person who captures you has total control over you. In every aspect. In fact, your identity is stripped. One of the great illustrations of this is in the Old Testament, the story of Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in Jerusalem, the country of Judah, and another country, Babylon, comes and takes over the country, and they, along with others, are exiled back to the country of Babylon. They are captives, and everything is stripped away. They're in a new land. They have a new language, new food, new culture, new music. In fact, their names are stripped away. They're given new names. So how does that relate to us? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you had to go to school to learn how to be selfish, or did that come natural? Natural? Okay. Did you have to go to school to learn how to lie, or did that come natural? Can we get natural? How about anger? Did you have to go to school for that, or did that come natural? See, what we're saying is this. We were all born naturally sinful. It's in our nature. We were born into sin. We're in a sinful world, and so we are separated from God because of that sin. In fact, the Bible says that we are enemies of God, and we deserve one thing, separation from God forever in hell. That's what we deserve. But thank God. When you and I made a decision for Jesus Christ, he captured us. He has made us his captives. And this world is no longer our world. He has a new world waiting for us. How many of you ready for that one? Absolutely. He has a new world for us. In fact, while we're still here, though, he gives us a new identity. We are called new creations in Christ. In fact, he's given you a new name. Your old name might have been abandoned. Your new name? Adopted. Your old name might have been failure. Your new name, forgiven. Your old name might be victim. Your new name, victorious. I love how it says it in Colossians 1. It says this. This includes you who were once far away from God. That's us. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet, here he comes, 
Now, as a result, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But thank God he has made us his captives. But thank God. He's made us his captives, and he continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Now, what's this talking about here? Well, back in those times, when a king would win a war, he would have a parade. He'd have this parade where he'd celebrate his victory by having all of his vanquished foes coming along the streets. The fact is that this parade is celebrating God's victory over everything that, he, that was ever enslaving us. It's a victory over everything that was had a, having a hold on us. He's vanquished it. So he's celebrating. I don't know if you've ever been to some really cool parades. I know for me, I've got to see some amazing ones. I've been to the Disney Parade of Lights. It was absolutely incredible. I got to go to the, the Rose Bowl Parade one year. Absolutely amazing. But my favorite parade was one in my hometown. I can't even tell you what year it was. I can't even tell you exactly what holiday it was. It was either Christmas or President's Day. I have no recollection. All I remember is this. I got to be in the parade. I got to be on a float, and I had so much fun because I was a part. I was waving at people and smiling and making people laugh and hitting kids in the face with candy. I mean, it, it, was, it was a blast for me because I was a part of the parade. The fact is that we're a part of God's parade. Turn to someone and say, I'm a part. I'm a part of God's parade. I have a purpose. The fact is that for my life today, there's a reason for me being here. God has a purpose and a plan for my life. There's work for me to do. The fact is that I get to be a part. I'm a part of God's victorious kingdom. The thing is, if I woke up today and there's not a chalk line around my body, then it's a good day. But on top of that, there's work for me to do. I have a purpose. I'm a part of the parade. But thank God he has made us his captive and he continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Do this for me, would you? Take your right hand, take your two fingers like this, and just put them right here to your neck, okay? And repeat after me. If I have a pulse, I have a purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Now, right now, if you don't have a pulse, would you raise your hand? Our medical team will come to you as quickly as possible and help you out. Here's a rally. We have a purpose. You just mentioned it, Tim. But I see so many people who really don't know what that purpose is. They're lost. And they don't understand that there's a purpose for their life. What's the purpose? It says here, to spread the knowledge of Christ Jesus. To make disciples, his last commandment to us. See, here's the reality. You and I are the only Bible that many people will ever read. We're to spread that knowledge of Christ, especially in a world that is so lost right now. Can we agree that the world is lost and does not know its way? I, I don't know if you've ever been lost in a physical sense where you had no idea which way was what. Maybe it was an outdoors in a, in a forest kind of situation or whatever the case may be. Or let's talk about this one. Have any of you driven or been in a whiteout, snow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember some years back, I was out visiting a cousin of mine. He lived about 60 miles west of Watertown. And it was a Saturday, and I'd spent the day with him, a cold kind of winter, but just clear day. And so I'm driving home now around 6 o'clock, 
and I'm driving, and this is before GPS, before radar, you know, weather reports of what you know was coming kind of thing. And I'm just driving along, and all of a sudden, this wind just, boom, hits. I go, whoa, what was that? And I did not realize that I was driving right into a major storm. And within one mile, I was in a total whiteout. And if you've ever been that, you have no understanding of where you are. Am I right? You can see nothing, nothing at all. I didn't know if I was on the road. I literally, at one point, opened up the door to put my foot out to see if I could feel pavement. Because I did not, if I wasn't on the road, what side was I on? I have no idea about anything. So I am, my lights are on bright, and I'm just, now just crawling. Just because I have no idea how long this is. I'm just crawling. And all of a sudden, I come upon another vehicle right in front of me. It had its flashes on. I just saw it just in time, so I stopped. Okay, park, okay, let's just wait this thing out. Well, about two minutes later, all of a sudden, on my side windows, whack, 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 whack. Well, it's this guy. Well, after I changed my clothes, <laughs> man, I rolled my window down and he said, hey, I think I saw a light just behind us. I think I saw one. I think it could be a farm place. I don't know, but I think there is. Do this. Just back up super slow. I'll back up right behind you. I think it's there. I hadn't seen anything. But sure enough, as we just backed up super slow, kept super, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a break. He saw it. I saw it. We got in, it was a farmhouse, and we spent the night in the farmhouse there. He saw something I didn't see. I was lost. He saw a light. Friends, that is what we are in a world that is lost. We have the ability to say, I've seen a light. I have seen something you haven't seen. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. God has given us the task, this is our work, of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. But thank God. He's made us his captives, and he continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Like a sweet perfume... Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Turn to someone right now and say, you smell. <laughs> you know, you smell. If you think you don't, meet a dog sometime. They'll let you know. All dogs will let you know. You, you've got to smell. The fact is, you smell like you. Could be good, could be bad. You smell like the things you've been around. You ever been around somebody who just smoked a cigarette or stepped in dog poop? You, you know. <laughs> you smell like what's inside you, what you've been taking into your body. You ever eat something kind of funky and it just doesn't quite sit right and there's, you know, kind of an aroma, you know? <laughs> the fact is, we all smell like something. We all smell like what we've been around and what's been coming into us. Bible says that we're called to be a Christ-like fragrance, a sweet fragrance. The fact is, if you haven't been around Christ, the fact is that if you don't have Christ in you, then you're not going to smell like Christ. The fact is, your aroma is dependent then on what you've been around, who you've been hanging out with, and have you been spending time with Christ. Your aroma is dependent on what you've been taking in. Have you been taking in his word? Have you been walking with him? Have you been around godly people? See, 
if we're going to truly be the aroma of Christ, then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that people smell when they're around me? Do they smell sweetness? Is there sweetness coming out of me? Do they smell gratitude or do they smell negativity? When they're around me, do they smell holiness or do they smell hatred for other people? Do they smell a victor or do they smell a victim? When they're around me, do they smell Christ or do they smell all the other crap of the world? Do people say about me that there's a sweetness? How do you smell? So let's talk about what does that look like? to be the sweet aroma of Christ, the sweet fragrance of Christ, or maybe we should say it, what does that smell like? In order to do that, we're going to go to another verse in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. This is going to give us the instruction of how do we carry this out. And I want us to read this one together as well. Would you read it out loud with me? Here we go. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So there are Two things. Thing one is whatever we do. Thing two is whatever we say. So is it whatever we do or whatever we say? No, it's both. Both are needed. And I think it's important because I see so many people right now that say, well, I'm just going to let my actions speak. I'm just going to let my actions speak because actions speak louder than And so we say that. No, no, it's both. If you're married and your spouse does actions that are valuable, but their mouth continually degrades you, sorry, it's both. On the opposite, if their words are encouraging, but what they do is degrading, sorry, it's both. I mean, you and I might mow the yard for a neighbor as a good gesture, but if we don't tell them about Jesus, they're still going to hell. It's both. So let's talk about how do we become this sweet fragrance of Christ, thing number one, by what we do. So thing one is what you do. Turn to someone right now and say do. Do. There's a moment in Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus is talking to a couple groups of people. He has one group on his left and one group on his right. And to one group he says, welcome to my kingdom. Come in because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick and in prison, you came and you visited me. And they kind of look for a second, and they're like, when did we do that? He says, whenever you did that for the least of these. To the other group, he says, get out of my sight, because you didn't do those things for me. And they, in turn, ask, when did we not do those things for you, Lord? And he says, whenever you had an opportunity to do those things for the least of these, and you didn't. Repeat after me. To know and not do is not to know. To know and not do is not to know. In fact, if I know the speed limit, but I don't do the speed limit, what's going to happen? Probably going to get a ticket. If I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but I don't do that, it doesn't help him or it doesn't help me. Fact is that we're called to imitate Christ. But simply knowing who Christ is, simply knowing that Christ died for me, isn't going to save me. It has to do something in me. It has to do something that goes out to the world. We're called to be imitators of Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, it says that we're supposed to have the same mindset as Jesus Christ who took on the very nature of a servant. 
When people are around us, we're supposed to be Jesus. We're supposed to look like him, act like him, talk like him to the point where there's just a sweetness that pours out of us. In 1987, Walter Payton retired from the NFL. Some of you guys may know who that is. Walter Payton was an NFL running back who, when he left the league, was the all-time leading rusher for the NFL. He had tons of records that were broken, all of which have been broken today, except for one. The record of how he treated people. See, Walter had a nickname. Anybody know what it was? Sweetness. People knew him as Walter Sweetness Payton. Because of the way he loved people, it was said that any intern or any water boy that was around on the practice field, he would know their name, he would know what school they went to, he would know about their life, because he just had a sweetness that emanated out of him. Well, after he died at the age of 45 years old of a form of liver cancer, the NFL eventually created an award that's named after him, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. It's the highest award you can get in football, and they give it out every year to one person, not for what they did on the field, but for what they did off the field to be sweetness to other people, to go out and love others and do things for their community. When I look at that story, I love that. And I ask myself, what would people say about me? Would they know me as Timothy Sweetness Valentine? Is there a sweetness that comes out of me to the world around me? Would that be a nickname that people would think was appropriate for me? Because it should be. There should be a sweetness that pours out of us. There should be Christ pouring out of us. So how do we do this? Well, I want to look at a couple ways in the things that we do. So here's the first one. First one is this. It's how we listen to others. It's how we listen to other people. The fact is that evangelism, reaching people for Jesus, isn't about just simply standing on a corner with a bullhorn shouting repent at people. It's sitting down with those people and listening to them. Not with judgment, but to hear their stories. To not ask, what's wrong with you? But instead to ask, who hurt you? What's going on in your life? What's your story? Why are you the way that you are? The fact is that every single person who you wonder, what is your problem? They have a problem. And the thing is, that problem is very well something that you may have never faced or you have absolutely no idea about. The thing is that every restaurant we go into, every place we go where someone's serving us or someone's around us, people have a story. The question is, are you listening to them? Are you sitting down with people and hearing what's going on in their life? One thing that I've learned from watching Pastor Keith has been this idea of frequenting the same places, you know, same places to eat, same places to get your hair cut, same places to get your coffee, and in that, building relationships with people, getting to know those people around so they're not just a name or a number or some person who's messing up my order or some person who's giving me my coffee. They're a child of God who desperately needs to know him if they don't. I love that mindset. It shifts everything in our life when we start to think of other people as creations of God who need to meet him if they haven't. So as you listen to other people, I want to encourage you to do this. Listen for the pain points. Listen for those things they bring up that show there's pain in their life. There's areas where Jesus needs to step in and fix. And connect them. 
Listen for pain points and get them connected. Like, for instance, if somebody says, hey, I'm going through an extremely messy divorce right now and I got no one around me, who do we call? One person. Divorce care. Get them connected to divorce care. If somebody has a hurt habit or hang up, get them connected with Celebrate Recovery. Man, if someone says, man, I just had a loss in my life and it's really a struggle right now. You know, Grief Share is absolutely amazing. It's a great place. And ultimately in everything, connect them to Jesus. So as you're around people, be listening to them. Listen to their stories. Have people over for dinner. Another way that we can go and be sweetness to the world around us is how we serve others. How we serve other people. Rick Warren has a quote. He says that most Christians need to grow up and take off their bib where they're being served and go put on an apron and serve other people. Fact is that to those around us, people don't actually care how much we know until they know how much we care. There's a lot of ways we can do this, but as we look around at those who walk by you every day, ask the question, what's their need? How can I serve them? How can I be Jesus to them? Maybe it's inviting a friend who doesn't follow Jesus over for dinner once a month, especially those of different backgrounds than you. Maybe it's bringing groceries to someone that's sick. Maybe it's mowing your neighbor's grass. Maybe it's helping a single mom move. Maybe it's fixing an elderly, elderly lady's sink. Maybe it's picking up someone for church. The opportunities are endless. There's tons of ways that you can be serving other people, but l- let me just give you, give you a thought here. There's a lot of ideas on how we can serve others, a way we can do things for others. But it's even better when it's someone who doesn't see the world the way that you do. See, if I just serve people who I like or serve people who see the world the way that I do or have all the same you know, things, they look like me, they act like me, that's called friendship. Serving people who don't, that's called being a disciple of Jesus. See, we're called first to listen to others. Then we go and we serve others. Pursuing relationships with people that are across the lines of ethnicity and race and class. And then finally give to others. Bless people with what you have. There's people all around you that you can bless, people on the side of the road. Maybe it's a big tip for your waitress. Maybe it's buying a gallon of gas for someone. Maybe it's buying a meal for those who are hurting. But ultimately in everything, just giving as the Spirit prompts you. Listening to, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to those moments when he says, I want you to give to this person. Giving to those out of what you have. Not focusing on what you don't have, but looking, what, what do I have to give? Because the fact is this, a lot of people will look at the world and they say, you know, I just don't have anything to give. I just don't have enough. You know, Jesus did this really cool thing, feeding of the 5,000. You guys, you guys remember that story? He did it with something from a little boy. What, what did he do it with? Some loaves and some fish. Jesus did something incredible, feeding 5,000 people with just a few loaves and a few fish. See, a lot of us, I think, are really obsessed with this idea of doing big things for God. We were never supposed to do that. I'll say it again. You're not supposed to do big things for God. You are supposed to do things for a big God. And then God will take that and multiply it. All we do is bring our loaves and our fish, whatever we have, whatever we can, and God does what only he can do. So we then look, as we look at our lives, how we listen to people, how we serve other people, how we give to others, it all exhibits something to the world. As we do that then, how do we smell? 
Do we smell like Christ? Or do we smell like the world? Do we smell like a victor? Do we smell like a victim? Do we smell like gratitude? Or do we smell like negativity? In everything that we do, is there a sweetness about us? Is there a sweetness about the way that we do things for other people? So that's thing one. Now, here's thing two. Because it's both. It's not just what we do. It's what we do and what we what? Say. Absolutely. So let me give you three practical thoughts on things that you and I can say that are the aroma of Christ to people. Here's one. How about if we just praise people? Why don't you say that with me? Praise people. Here's what 1 Thessalonians says. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Let me ask you it this way. How many of you this week, you just got way, way, way too much praise and encouragement? I mean, just way too much. Did, did you come home from work potentially and, and your spouse meets at the door and says, hi, honey, and you don't even go there. Don't even go there. I've had so much praise today and so much encouragement. I, no, don't even go there with me. Of course not. Have you had your boss say, hey, I'd like to talk to you later? Nope, 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 we're not going there. You've been praising me all week. Nope, and you've been encouraging me all week. Not going to go there. Of course that doesn't happen because people hardly ever get praised, ever get encouragement. We should be that for people by what we say, no matter who they are. That can be as simple as, I appreciate you. Thank you for that. Common courtesies. How about, I love you? How about, I believe in you? How about that God has plans for you? It, it, what it is, it's deciding to be a balcony person rather than a basement person. We're always one of the two. What's the difference? Balcony people, they bring you up to a higher level. What do basement people do? We all know that, and we've all been around that. We're called to be balcony people that lift people up to a higher level in life. Can, can I also give a thought? When we should praise people is when they're not in the room. Man, if you ever heard someone say, go on to you say, well, I, I heard something about you the other day. Is that usually positive or negative? Almost always negative. What if we were people that when someone wasn't in the room, all we did was praise them? And that got around. Do you know what they said about you? And they just praised you in that? Would that boost their image up? I believe it would, absolutely. We are called to be a sweet fragrance to Christ in everything that we do. Jesus, when he was around common folk, he always lifted them up, always lifted them up to a higher level. Now, he, he did some strong things, but that was to people who thought they were perfect, <laughs> that they thought they had it together. You and I are to be an aroma of what we say by constantly praising people today. Maybe it's through a text today. Maybe it's a phone call to someone you haven't talked to for a while or a note. It could be a written note as well. Man, let's just start to praise people. Here's a second thing, though, that we can do by what we say, and that is, how about if we pray for people? Say that with me. Pray for people. Now, obviously, that is in everything we do. We pray for people. But can I even take it a step further? Not just pray for them, but if in any way, shape, and form possible, pray with them. Pray with them. The Bible says when two or more agree on anything, it will be done. Any opportunity that you and I have when we're with somebody that we can pray, not just for them, but pray with them right there, do that. Here's one of the things that I, I do a lot, okay, and I'm trying to just do it all the time that I can. Wherever I'm at, if, it, 
if it warrants any kind of a, just a brief conversation with someone, I'm in public, I might be at a restaurant or coffee shop, I ask the person, is there anything I can pray for you about today? It was interesting, just two days ago, I was meeting somebody and we were at a coffee shop just near here, and this gal was cleaning tables beside and said good morning to her and she was cleaning tables. I said, thanks for what you do. She said, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for what you do. And I said, can I ask you, is there anything that we can pray for you about today? And it was interesting. She stopped. She came over. She had a mask on. She came over and said, um, I'm, I'm a believer too. And yes, you could. And she shared two things that were very important to her, one with a very close family member that's breaking her heart. And I said, thanks for sharing that. I said, are you okay if I just pray with you right now? She said, absolutely. So we just grabbed her hand and prayed with her right there. Anytime you have the chance to pray for somebody but with them, friends, that does things that will go beyond what you and I can imagine. Be bold in that. Say, is there something I can do to pray for you about? Is there anything? And then I say, nope, I'm doing good. Great. But even can I encourage you to even take one more step further? Pray for them, pray with them, but then here's a third one. Pray into them. When I say into them, I mean speak through prayer into their heart about God's plans. So when I'm praying with them, I'm praying for them, praying with them. But now I'll say, God, you know this dear lady's needs. You know what's in her heart. God, would you affirm to her that you love her? I'm speaking now into her. I'm praying into her. Would you pray, God, I pray that you would just honor her. Would you help her know that you have her, that you have plans for her, that you have not forgotten her. And I want to now build her up through prayer in that way. Does that make sense? I praise people, but now pray for people. Pray with them. Pray into them, especially if it's someone that you know. Man, anytime I have a conversation, if I can, before I hang up, if it's all possible, I say, hey, you have a second? What can I pray for you about? Okay, let's go. Pray right now. Man, things would change if that happened. It's a sweet aroma to Christ. So we praise people. We pray for people. But here's the third one. Let's profess Jesus to people. Because at some point in time, they need to hear about Jesus. It's interesting. 70% of unchurched people in a recent poll said that they desired to know a purpose in their life. 70%. But two-thirds of those said they will not be attending a church. That's good news. You might say, what do you mean it's good news? Because who's the church? You are. We are. We all are. Wherever we go, we're the church. Which means if they're not going to come to a building, let's be the building and go to them. Absolutely. But here's the sad fact. Well, over half of all followers of Jesus Christ have zero spiritual conversations with anybody in the course of a month. None. Who aren't a believer. They might within their holy huddle. No. We're to profess Jesus to people. Here's what Matthew 10 said. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. These are straightforward words, friends. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Friends, that is straightforward. He says this, you don't talk about me here, I'm not talking about you there. Pure and simple. Because it doesn't matter what you did. Do and say. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on how can we profess Jesus to people. Here's a very simple one. I try to do this a lot. I ask people, do you have a church home? That's a question I ask people a lot. 
Do you have a church home? I just met a couple recently this week at the gym because I'm being able to get back there now little by little and starting, but there was a couple I hadn't met, so I introduced myself. I said, I don't think I've met you. We talked for a little bit. I said, are you new to Sioux Falls? They said, we are. We just moved here in October. I said, super, where'd you move from? What got you here? That kind of thing. And then I said, do you have a church home yet? Have you found a church home? They went, well, actually, not really. We're Catholic, and so we've been trying to come. I said, man, can I, where do you live? Okay, listen, there's a great Catholic church right near where you live. I gave them the name. They had not been there. I said, that's a fabulous church. It's a fabulous church. I said, now, listen, if you don't find something, here's where I attend. I let people I know I go to church. I let people know that. Here's where I go. Man, you'd be welcome to join us. We'd love to have you. So let them know you go to church. Ask them where they go to church. But secondly, let them know you're a Christian. Let them know you're a Christian. Now, what does that look like? Here's three words that I encourage you to think about. Feel, felt, found. Say that with me. Feel, felt, found. One more time. Feel, felt, found. When you are listening, just what you said, when you're listening, people will bring up a pain point or something that's going on in their life. They'll bring, you'll hear it. You'll bring it up if you're listening. Now, feel, felt, found. I, I know how you feel. They might think, well, I don't know exactly how they feel. Let me, let me ask you this way. How many of you have ever felt failure in any form in your life? Sure. How many of you ever felt rejection in any form of your life? Loss. Exactly. Now, it's not the exact situation, but you have felt a similar thing. Listen, I, I know how you feel. I, I, have, I have felt the same way. Can I tell you what I found? Or more importantly, who I found? I use that a lot. Man, I, I, I know how you feel. Or maybe I don't know exactly how you feel in that situation. I, I, know, I know the emotion of that, though. I've, I've felt that same thing. Can I, can I tell you what I found and what Jesus Christ did in my life? I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking anything like that. I'm talking about the person of Jesus Christ in my life. Here's what 2 Corinthians 2 says. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Friends, I'm going to say it again. We are all pastors. We are all pastors. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a pastor because God has put you around people at your work, in your neighborhood, your school, wherever it is, and you are to pastor them in everything we do, in everything we say. Now, if I can encourage you, a week from Saturday on March 12th, on that Saturday morning, we're going to do an exponential here. And that morning, it's all going to be focused on teaching of how to share your faith. And we're going to, you're going to hear a ton of practical things, very, very practical things on ways to have evangelism conversations on how to have Jesus conversations with people. And so, man, I can encourage you, sign up for that. You will find it so helpful. And there'll be a lot of discussion of fleshing that out as well. So you can sign up on the app or out in front as well. Here's the reality. In our society right now, there's a lot of people that are turned off by Christianity. There are a lot of people turned off by the church. They're not coming. But here's the problem. They're not turned off by Jesus at all. They're turned off by people who claim they know Jesus, that what they do and say doesn't match Jesus. That's why it's whatever we do, whatever we say, we're the aroma of Christ. So let's ask it again. What do we smell like today? Do we smell like the aroma of Christ? We should. And if we don't, what are we going to do about it? For those of us today, maybe there's just an area that as, as we're talking about, 
listening to others, giving to others, serving other people. Maybe as we're talking about praying for people or praising them, not just talking behind their back, but lifting them up. We talk about professing Jesus everywhere that we go. Maybe there's an area that kind of sparks something in you. And can I encourage you on something? The whole point of why we do this is to look more and more like Jesus. Can I encourage you today that if there's an area that God's prompting in you, do something about it. But two, don't do it alone. Because the fact is, you have people here at this church, you have people that want to pray for you up front at the end of service, you have people all over that want to help equip you. So don't do it alone. If we can walk with you, talk to your home church leader, talk to people around you about help me with accountability here. Because the fact is, anything that I say, oh, I'm going to do it, and I just go off by myself, the likelihood is I'm never going to do it. I want to encourage you, what are you going to do and who are you going to tell about it? You know, Tim, you said it earlier, so many people want to wait to try to do big things for God. No, it's about doing things for a big God. It, it, it's just starting with what you have. Just start with what you have. God will use it. One of the sweetest people I've ever known in my life was a gal by the name of Elda. Elda Stevens. I was a youth pastor, church, and Elda and her husband Harold, small girl, I mean, she was four foot nothing, under 100 pounds. Her and Harold really never had much. They're an older couple, never had much. They never owned a house, had no children. I don't know the background story of that at all. So they lived in an apartment, had very meager means. She didn't have a lot. Her clothes were very, very plain. But every time she would see me, she'd make it a point to come and encourage me. And then say, how can I pray for you? I'd gotten to know her just briefly at church, and it was a summer afternoon, and I got a phone call at home. Answered the phone, I said, hello. And this meek, older woman's voice said, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And she ended by saying, and God loves you, and so does Elda. I said, Elda, thank you. It was my birthday. Thank you for that. That was so cute. That was so stinking cute. Thank you for that. And I hung up the phone. I told my wife, I said, that was one of the cutest things I have heard. That is just cute. She kept just encouraging, kept praying. And next year, on my birthday, got a phone call. Happy birthday to you. And she ended by saying, and God loves you, and so does Alda. And you know, it wasn't cute anymore. It was very meaningful. I went, man, she is just so sweet. She is so Jesus to me. And each year on my birthday, I began to look forward to that call. God took Harold home, and now she's alone. No family, little apartment. But every year, we get the phone call with, God loves you, and so does Elda. Then one night in her sleep, blood vessel broke. And she woke up, and her eyesight was gone. She was blind. So now she's in a nursing home, blind, has nothing. But every day she'd ask someone to come in and would you dial the name there and would you dial the number, would you hand me the phone? 
and she would sing her song and say, God loves you, and so does Elta. A few years later, God took her to heaven so he could have her to himself. And at her funeral, there are about 300 at her funeral, which says a lot when there's no family. The pastor made a comment. He says, how many of you ever had Elda sing happy birthday to you? And almost every hand raised. And he said, you know, this is her eternal birthday. I think we should sing to her. And we all sang while we cried. And we sang happy birthday to Elda. She was a sweet aroma, sweet fragrance of Christ. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes us doing what's right in front of us, saying the things that are, we have the ability to say. But if we do that, this world will know Jesus because they see Jesus through us. More importantly, they smell him through us. Father God, we love you with all of our heart. God, this crazy thought that, that you have captured us. When we were lost in sin, we were so far from you. We were enemies. You have captured us. You died for us and then captured us that we could be with you. But God, until the day comes, you take us to heaven. There is work to do. And you've called us to be your church. You've called us to share the news of who you are with everyone around us by everything we do and everything we say. Father, can I say, I am sorry. I am sorry. When I've been away on too much my agenda, my emotions, my whatever, that I haven't been a sweet fragrance. I'm sorry. God, I would pray that today as we leave, that every day this week, every week that we ahead, whatever we do, whatever we say, we would be that aroma to everyone around us and you do your work we love you we adore you all god's people said amen well thanks again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages and if you like what you're hearing consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends it helps so much you know you can click the share button take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at celebrate church for more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.